Okay, welcome into the Golf Preview Podcast and RJ Bell's dream preview for Open Championship Week at St. Andrews. Welcome aboard, everyone. My name is Will Doctor, alongside James Ledbetter. Thanks for joining us as we bring you the latest as far as PG, PGA Tour handicapping is concerned for the 150th British Open in what uh, is the last major championship of 2022. Led? The final major of the year. Uh you know, Doc, it's one of those things where, uh, hello, by the way, but it's one of those things where um, obviously you think of guys like Rory or maybe a Jordan Speed who have been in those major slumps. Um, it's must win the right terminology because it's, you know, we got to wait six or seven months till Augusta for them to get another crack at one. Or what is it, eight months? Yeah, around there. there and there's a couple other guys too. I mean, I feel that. Uh... I feel that Cameron Smith, you know, if he can't, uh, not that I have him to win this week, but if he doesn't, you know, that's a guy who's definitely going to feel like he left something out there in 2022. Uh, the player's win was great, but like we've talked about all these weeks, led that this 2022 players, it really doesn't count. You know, I mean, w- with the weather, the first the two Astros. rounds, Kepka was out of it. Scheffler was out of it. More Kyle was out of it. Patrick was out of it. So bag it, twenty-two players. Yeah, he's gonna, he, he's gonna he's not gonna feel great if he, if he goes this year without a major, kind of like Ricky in two thousand fifteen. Yeah, and I think you know, there's obviously a lot of moving parts. There's so many stories. There's live. There's you know, hundred people losing sponsorships left and right. But you know, even in terms of. Obviously, uh, the British Open, the RNA, they decided that the live guys would be eligible to play this, you know, in this British Open. But in the future, who the heck knows? Are live players going to be able to play majors? Is this potentially Dustin Johnson's final major, or at least a major uh, final major till he fulfills his like four year contract with live, and then is able to come back? Is it Bryson's? Um, is it Phil's? Uh, obviously, Tiger playing this week. That's one of the huge stories. Um, you know, it's who knows? It could be his last last British Open. Certainly, probably his last British Open at St Andrews. So he'll he'll do the uh, the wave over the bridge. Um, I was actually there. I think it was two thousand five when Jack Nicholas did his um, final British Open wave, and he went on to birdie the eighteenth hole. It was like unbelievable. His last hole of uh, competitive British Open golf was a birdie. But you know, that's something that's kind of stick sticks with me to this day. But yeah, there's tons of, you know, storylines all over the place. Obviously, you got Fitzpatrick coming in with a major already. You got Scotty Scheffler coming in with a major already. Um, but I think Rory is a guy who's coming in with more pressure than than most just because, Doc, do we really want to extend that major drought another year, tack another year onto that? <laughs> you know, if he does end up winning uh... – this open, it would look the two, you know, side by side with Greg Norman's uh, 1986 year, the two years would look uh, fairly identical. Uh, but you're right. You know, th- this is a, a course that he knows he can go low on when, uh, when Ustazen stays in one in 2010, Rory opened with the 63 ended up finishing third. So he feels like there's unfinished business here uh, and led kind of a review of the last five opens at St. Andrews, 95, uh, John Daly beats Rocca in a four-hole playoff. That was Tiger's first open. 
Uh, and I watched some of the replay of that when Rocca drained that. Roca, Alexander Roca. Yeah, whatever, whatever it is. And uh, <laughs> he, he, he drained that putt on 18, sent, sent it to a playoff, and Daly was like, already hanging on, hanging off of whoever he was married to at the time. And, and Roca uh, drains that putt. He buries his head in his, in his hands. But Daly ends up winning that one. Of course, 2000, Tiger wins his second consecutive major. Um, and won the thing by eight strokes without going to a single bunker on property. That's a, a well-noted stat. 2005, Tiger comes back, wins his 10th major. Uh, and that was Jack's final open. Were you there for that one? Yes. Wow. Yeah. I got the five. I got the five dollar bill with Jack Nicholas on it. It's pretty cool. Uh, it's like a St. Andrews special edition five dollar bill. Um, what an open to be at. Yeah, it was. It was great. And you know, for the folks at home, you know, a lot of the times they say about Augusta, you don't really understand Augusta until you go there to see all the slopes. I think St. Andrews is very similar um, in the sense that just it. Obviously, you can see some putts. You guys, 30 yards off the green, right, hitting a putt, and it's going up a hill. But, you know, some of these pins, it's like there's some of these slopes are 10, 12 feet, 15 feet, you know, ups and downs. So until you really go there, you can't really get a feel for how severe the, slope, the slopes are around the greens. So then we had Oosthuizen win at the old course 2010 and what was a seven-stroke blowout. Um, and – you know, that hap- that primarily happened 2000, 2005, and 2010 were all won by five shots or more. Of course, one of my all-time favorite Opens was in 2015 when Zach Johnson uh, won in a four-hole playoff on Monday morning uh, over East Hazen and Leishman. Uh, but we've heard it so much this week. This course is going to reward the true favorite in this golf tournament. And, you know, Led, my question is, do you agree with that or do you think that we see someone come out of nowhere a la daily in 95. Yeah. And I mean, you know, talking about what you said with daily, what's actually funny is my mom uh, went to that event and she had a lot of, she had a, she put like four or five like tickets in for John daily to win. Right. And obviously you're going over to Scotland and it ended up hitting and she had to find a way to get like, you know, five, six grand, uh, pounds right she had to transfer it over into us dollars and you can only fly with so much so that was obviously uh you know a bit of a crazy story but just in terms of a long shot winner doc i think when you get the crazy conditions when you get the waves um i'm not saying necessarily fade the favorites but i think you know rory would be better off at a course in vegas you know where you shoot 28 under and the you know it's just a track band combine than it would be you know, we're going to see guys hitting five irons from 140 and nine irons from 210, you know, based on the wind conditions and how firm it is. I, I saw a video yesterday, of Sam Burns, just like throwing a ball down on the ground and catching it like it was like cart path. And it's, you know, it's Tuesday. So who the hell knows on Sunday, uh, you know, guys, a guy like Bryson, he might be driving 18 with an iron, you know, uh, with how firm it's going to be. But, you know, getting into the golf course, we're playing St. Andrews. I hope you guys know that by now. Uh, one of the most uh, famous golf courses on earth. Uh, it's a 7,292-yard par 72. Uh, key features include enormous greens, like literally the biggest greens you're going to see ever. Uh, you know, a lot of the holes have multiple uh, holes on the green, so they have these, like, joint greens with, with two pins on it. Um, you know, you're going to see guys with – 
multiple putts throughout a round potentially with of lag putts over a hundred feet. So I think lag putting is going to be huge. Uh, obviously in terms of the course layout, it's just amazing, right? You got like the RNA headquarters right behind the 18th green, right behind the first tee. Those start right next to each other. Um, the way the, the course is really built, the front nine goes out and the back nine goes in. So what's cool about the shape of the golf course is when you're standing there on the first tee and the wind is, let's say it's into off the left, 25 miles an hour, you pretty much know if you hit any shot on the golf course, where that wind is coming from the way the layout is right. And you'll see the front nine plays downwind, right. A guy might come out, you know, he might go out in 31 and come back in 42 based on the fact that now he's got to play that back nine straight into the wind. So Doc, you know, we talked a lot about the waves. Uh, you know, it's a bit of a guessing game. We never know quite how it's going to work out. I saw Friday. Um, it's going to be pretty windy in the afternoon, 25 mile an hour winds. So, you know, maybe the guys that, uh, you know, go late the first day and early the second day might have a, you know, a bit of an advantage. We saw it at the Scottish Open uh, last week where there was, a, you know, a two, three shot uh, difference um, between the two. Uh, but like I said, uh, you know, you know, very similar to the Scottish in terms of obviously links course, but those severe slope greens, high winds, and the greens are never really going to be able to roll faster than a 10. Um, that's because of the fact that first of all, there's so much slope on the greens. And if they get those 15, 25, 30 mile an hour gusts, they can't have the ball rolling off. So I think it'll definitely, uh, we'll want to look at guys who, you know, have putted well on slow greens. I think, you know, a guy like JT Poston, who's, uh, you know, coming off the John Deere classic where they're running 13s on the stamp. And now he's got to go, you know, take a full swing from 12 feet. If he's got to into the wind putt at St. Andrews, that's definitely an adjustment. A lot of guys going to make, you know, we've seen tiger switch putters, uh, at this event. I remember he used like a Phil Mickelson, like it wasn't an odyssey number nine, but it was like the, the tailor-made version of that. Um, which goes to show like he doesn't switch putters often. So I think he was obviously going for a little more weight. Um, but yeah, even looking at the pars of each of these holes, you know, whether it's a 520 yard par four or 420 yard par four, it literally doesn't matter. Like it, the, the distance of the hole doesn't matter just because of the fact that first of all, you're playing fairways that are pretty close to cart paths. And if it's into a 30 mile an hour wind versus down a 30 mile an hour wind, you know, you might be hitting seven iron in one day to, uh, and then might be dra driving it the next. So there is, uh, I think it definitely helps to have, uh, some, what's the word experience, obviously <laughs> playing in these events, playing in British opens and then playing San Andrews in general. Yeah. Especially look at a guy like, um, like Spieth who just, you know, brings it every year, um, yep. acro across the pond. So, We'll get into all, all, all those guys. The order of play is going to be favorites. Uh, we'll get into some matchups, give you a couple picks to place, a couple winners. Uh, we each have a dark horse for you. We'll get into our degenerate bet, uh, a couple lineups. Uh, we'll do scoring predictions and then leave you uh, with a best bet. You know, obviously, I love guys that have played St. Andrew before. If they played in 2010, if they played in 2015, if they played in both, that's obviously great they're going to have some form of game plan to build off of, you know, you look at a guy like Zach Johnson winning here obviously shows, you know, people of all shapes and sizes <laughs> can win here, 
I think, uh, you know, guys that drive it really well are able going to, are going to be able to set themselves up, uh, off the tee is going to be huge. Um, but this isn't like a regular, uh, tour event, right. Where, you know, you bomb at 340 and it doesn't necessarily matter if you're in the fairway or not, because, you know, you're gaining that half a stroke, even from the rough off the tee. I think you're going to have to be hitting fairways. You know, we're going to see guys being in pot bunkers off the tee where they got to chip out backwards. So it is definitely a course you have to think out. But the thing that makes it so difficult is, like I said, a bunker that you might be not worried about at all. <laughs> let's say on a, on the second hole, let's say there's a pot bunker. You may not be worried about it at all uh, downwind because you can carry it. And then all of a sudden the uh, holes into the wind. And then you're not worried about the bunker at all because you can't even get to it. So, you know, it's we're going to see that much difference. So things I want to look at from guys, I want to see guys obviously hitting it long off the tee is important, but I want it to be combined with accuracy. Uh, of course, strokes gained approach with these, you know, huge ridges in the greens. If you're hitting it to 60, 70 feet consistently, you're just going to have a lot of three putts just because of how tough these putts are. I'm going to look at, uh, you know, guys that have putted well on slow greens, three putt avoidance, um, and who's gaining, uh, who's gaining strokes in uh, windy aft, right? We love that stat yeah. from, uh, from Moosonomics. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think, you know, guys that have done well at St. Andrews, British Opens, Lynx courses in general, obviously are going to be, um, you know, guys to look at as well. Yeah, and you look at the uh, the last couple opens, uh, well, especially at, you know, at St. Andrews, uh, you know, I mentioned 2000, 2005, 2010, uh, were all won by five shots or more. Um, you know, you have to think if someone like Spieth or Justin Thomas, uh, or Rory, uh, gets hot led, then, you know, we could see the same thing. Uh, the order of play today is going to be, uh, we're going to work into favorites. Uh, we'll look at some matchups. I've got one for you, led as a couple, uh, we'll get into our picks to place we got a couple winners for you. Uh, we have a dark horse each. We'll talk about our degenerate bet, which has to do a little bit with Tiger. Uh, then we'll give you our lineups and leave you with scoring predictions and best bets. Uh, Led, I'll get it started here with Rory at 9-1. to one. Uh, And Rory missed the previous Open at St. Andrews in 2015. Uh, do that soccer injury, Led. And I remember um how much how much criticism he got for that right um and looking back on it uh you know he i think he was a year removed from his last uh major or yeah maybe a couple years and you know at the time everyone's kind of going you know ankle injury you know career ender obviously didn't end his career but he has not won a major since so that was uh that was that's that's what rory was up to uh in 2015 for this event and as of right now, I understand how well uh, Rory is playing. I mean, Justin Ray reported this morning that uh, Rory is now the best on tour from 125 to 150 yards. Uh, and less than two months ago, uh, prior to the Wells Fargo, Rory was dead last uh, in, that, in that stat. So he's really got it together. It's imperative, um, you know, that the, that the players you bet on this week are automatic from 125 to 150 yards. Uh, and, and as for how you play Rory this week, you know, I don't think you do because all of these books uh, are completely ripping you off. I mean, Rory 
at nine to one in this field is a joke. The matchup of Rory over Xander at minus 127 is pathetic. Uh, and Rory over Spieth at minus 160, um, it, you know, is, is absurd as well. So uh, if you're betting on Rory this week, I'd say you're too late. You know, congratulations if you have a couple futures tickets on him uh, because there's a great chance he plays well this week. Uh, but don't sit there and get ripped off by nine to one by the uh, the nine to one nonsense. I'm I'm out on Roy this week, lad. Yeah, with that uh, 2010 you uh, British Open. Sorry, that at St Andrews that was the 6380, correct? Yeah, 63 opening round. Yeah, and then eight. Yeah, he ended up he, so, he, ended, he ended up finishing third, but uh, you know, classic Roy fashion, just one of those rounds just completely got away from him. Certainly, certainly, but. Um, yeah, I think nine single digits. Obviously, you're always kind of a wave away from potentially not even being in there. Doc, that's what we talked about. I think it's smart to shy away from these favorites a little bit just because, like our next guy, John Rahm, 11 to 1, he could be playing a golf course that's, you know, six to seven shots harder based on the way the wind blows. So, um, not necessarily saying we're going to get a fluky result, but I think there's more value uh, in the 20s and 30s. But, you know, having I mean, said I- that, Actually, I'm not I'm not totally 100 percent on Rory, but for the event, for the entire event, I'm out on Rory. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the way Rory's striking, obviously, you're not going to, you know, fade him. But um, but yeah, our next guy, John Rom, 11 to one. Uh, he finished tied third at the British Open last year. Uh, I'm sure everyone saw the viral video from the Scottish Open. Great effing draw, you a-hole uh, was the <laughs> was the quote. Let's hope he's not saying that to the uh, RNA when he gets his tee times this week. Hopefully he gets a good wave. Um, anyway, so this is the best driver of the golf ball on tour. Uh, he's averaging 318 off the tee and hitting 64% of his fairways. You know, he's one of the few guys on tour that is long and straight. You know, uh, it's pretty impressive. You know, he's swinging you know, I'd say six, seven miles an hour faster than the average PGA tour player. And the fact that he's able to hit just as many fairways as him as them is like, is impressive doc, you know, very rarely, you know, you would just play golf with a guy and you're like, that guy has way too much speed to hit it straight. You know, you'll play with one of those guys occasionally. And you'll also play with the guy who, you know, can't hit it out of his own shadow, but hits every fairway. So the fact that, you know, John Rom is able to hit it, you know, 320 and, and hit that many fairways uh, is really impressive. You know, at 11, at 11 to one, no, thank you. I'm not taking to win, you know, because his short irons have been honestly pretty brutal this, this season. Uh, you're going to have to be able to hit wedges close. I think 50 to 125 proximity stat is going to be a big thing to look at this week. And John Rom hasn't, hasn't been doing great from there. Um, now, the fact that he drives it so well, I feel like that gives him a really high floor. Um, he does hit the most greens on tour, but it's more because of the fact that he has, you know, 100 yards out in the middle of every fairway uh, every time he plays. So um, if you can find him in an even, evenly priced matchup, I think it's all systems go. But other than that, it's a pass for me uh, for John Rahm at 11 to 1. Yeah, I have nothing on, uh, on Rahm this week either. I'm curious – how much we're going to see the putter come out off the greens, little Texas wedge style uh, from guys like Rahm and Hovland this week. I, I have to stay away from both of them. Um, and, and on to Scotty Scheffler at 12 to one. Uh, Scheffler isn't a bad option this week, you know, regardless of 
of the missed cut last week at the Scottish Open. Uh, you know, it's not a question of whether he can play Lynx golf. You know, he finished eighth at the Open last year at St. George um, and, and obviously competed on multiple junior Ryder Cups and Walker Cups uh, across the pond. But the aspect of Scheffler's game that struggled last week was the putting. Uh, which, you know, is nothing to worry about as far as this week is concerned. We saw the same exact thing happen to Scheffler at the PGA Championship this year. Um, you know, the putter just gets a little off. He always seems to rebound uh, the next week. If you're going to play Scheffler this week, um, the ticket is definitely Scotty Scheffler, top 10 um, at plus 220 on Bet365. Doc, I have a question for you. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, given Scotty Scheffler's footwork, do you feel mm. like there's a surface that he like prefers? Cause I feel like if you gave him like metal spikes, could he break 75? Cause I feel like the feet would be locked and loaded, right? <laughs> you know, I think um, luckily he, you know, he's probably just so used to slipping all over the place. I mean, the stats would say he prefers the windy, the windy conditions. I mean, he's from North Texas, which, you know, in the winters, the fairways get about that firm, you know, where you just slip mm -hmm. sliding all over the place. Um, you know, I, I'd say it's nothing to worry about, Led. I'd say it's nothing to worry about. But I, I would say we'd have to look, but his wins, uh, you know, Phoenix, Bay Hill, Augusta, you know, hasn't really won anywhere firm, has not really won anywhere all too firm. I wouldn't say the waste management's that firm. TPC Scottsdale in the fall. No, no, I, I wouldn't. I mean, it's not it's this. Just, no, it's, just it's not. It's not comparable. I, I feel like, I mean, the way he slides, he'd almost prefer something a little firmer. The last thing you'd want would be like spongy because then the, the foot wouldn't be sliding. Right. Second, at, second at Brookline. That wasn't firm. I mean, you're, I you're, know we're really breaking it down. You're talking to me. You're, you're talking to me right out of it right here. <laughs> well i saw taylor gooch he was playing me i know uh the second in houston that was soft as hell i saw mm. taylor gooch uh on the 18th he was playing don't ask me why he was wearing jordans but uh he posted a story like two days ago he's playing uh 18th hole at st andrews mm -hmm. wearing jordans and just i mean at this change of direction at the top his back foot slid out three feet well, when Tiger, you know, he posted that video of him dropping his wedge and like you could hear the sound of the uh, of the iron um, hitting, yeah. the, hitting the ground. It, it's extremely firm. Yeah, but I keep looking at this sled. I mean, everywhere he's contended, Mayakoba is soft as hell. Um, no, I, I'm not saying I'm not. I'm not. I think I'm out. On, I think I'm out on Sheffler this week. <laughs> OK, I think well, I'm out on Sheffler this week. Hey, but if you're if you're if you're, you know, if you're dying to bet him, you know, I, I would seriously say that Scheffler top 10 at plus 220 um, is your bet. But I will say at this very moment, I'm looking at the schedule, Led. I mean, you know, 55 at the players, um, 38 to CJ Cup. It's that's that's a firm place out, I'm out just, there in Vegas, the summit club. I'm just raising I'm just raising the question, right? Someone Miss cut at Shriners, that was firm. It's yeah, all the signs I, are I, there, Led. We're out. We're out. <laughs> okay. Okay, we're out on Scotty. It's too firm for him. <laughs> He's gonna be ice skating out there. Okay, Justin Thomas at fourteen to one. Uh, Pre-Scottish MC, he was fourteen to one. Now he's twenty-one to one on Fanduel, and that is pretty tasty. Uh, JT missing the cut last week at the Scottish Open. I'm not worried about it at all. Um, obviously, he just won the PGA, thirty-seventh at the U.S. Open, third at the RBC in the start before that. 
you know, a little bit of a red flag is JT has never had a top 10 at the British. You know, I saw that video earlier this week where Tiger said, uh, hey, JT, I'll see you at the uh, champions dinner. And he's like, oh, wait, you haven't won the British. <laughs> it was a little little dig by Tiger. So Tiger still got it. Um, but I'm going to go over this more in my best bet and my picks to win. But this will definitely be one of my plays this week. Um, I'll add some context. Yeah. And our winners in our potential best bet. And that's uh, that's for JT at 14 to one. The fact that that's gotten up to 21 to one, I think that's an absolute must bet at this point. Yeah. I remember before the masters, I talked about how I was kind of scared with, you know, all the practice rounds with tiger and all the media hype uh, that comes with playing practice rounds with tiger. He actually rallied that week to finish eighth. um, And and we're kind of seeing, a uh, similar situation with JT and Tiger. I mean, it seems like that's going to be uh, kind of the practice round pairing uh, for years to come. Um, I think, and, and wait, one other thing, I think Tiger switched between Rory and JT like every day this week, but I don't think they all three of them play together. Interesting. Imagine, Interesting. imagine if Jason Day was there, like the pull. Maybe, I mean, Rory kind of softened his stance on Liv. Maybe JT's, uh, you know, maybe uh, backing away a little bit. But uh, JT's I mean, full. Yeah, <laughs> he's full blown uh, PGA tour uh, on to Spieth at 18 to one. Um, yeah, it's about that time where I just start absolutely loving Spieth again. Um, I remember so vividly how he he had a share of the lead walking to the 71st hole um, of the 2015 Open the same year that he had won the Masters and, and the U.S. Open at Chambers. Uh, and then he went bogey on 17th. Um, on, on that treacherous hotel hole. Let remember how far left that he hit it on 17. Do you remember that? He went like so so far left that you know his approach. Obviously, you have the road on the right, but like just the road was completely you know like all the way behind it. So like he had to lay up short uh, with the wind in his face. That was an absolute disaster. But I, yeah, go and ahead. Doc, I think for us betters. Wouldn't it be super fun if they did more props on like a Jordan speed? I would love like lost balls for a tournament, like over one and a half, especially on a place like St. Andrews where it's really hard to lose a ball. Like you've either got to have spectators look in the other direction or you've got to hit it out of bounds on one or 18. I would just be Or or right on 17. Yeah. Right on 17. Like Phil Mickelson put it in the, uh, in a balcony, in the balcony, uh, last time. <laughs> um, unbelievable, unbelievable. But here we are with Spieth. We're seven, so seven years later. Uh, this might be the best ball striking uh, year he's had, you know, since 2015. Um, you know, the guy, he's a Lynx golf wizard. He might be the most creative player, um, you know, we've seen since Tiger when it comes to managing bad weather and firm conditions. Uh, he has all the shots in the bag, just like we saw last year. Um, St. George where he came up two shots short of, uh, of Colin Morikawa. Uh, and when Spieth won this championship in 2015 uh, or 2017 uh, at Burkdale, I think Spieth at 18 to one is a great number considering um, how impressive his record um, on links golf courses is led. I mean, I, I I'm going to have, I'm going to have 18 to one and I'm also going to have him um, in a matchup here coming up. I love Spieth this week. I do like Spieth as well. The short putts scares me a little bit. If he's got a three footer to win this tournament, I think it's about a 50, 50 make percentage. Uh, you know, he, even last week at uh Scottish open, he missed a two footer on 16, 17. It's, 
starting to get a little dicey. Here's another guy that's a little dicey. Colin Morikawa, 18 to 1. Um, yes, he's a defending champion, but Colin hasn't gained strokes with a putter since the Genesis. Mm. Uh, not the Scottish, the Genesis uh, LA Open. The ball striking statistically hasn't fallen off too much, even though he says he's playing a draw uh, for a guy who's played a fade his entire career. Don't like that. He said, he said he saw JT at the PGA and was like, I need to start working it both ways. What a disaster, <laughs> Led. What, what, a, what yeah. a disaster. He's working the putter both ways right now. Uh, the tripping is a disaster, losing over two strokes per event to the, to the field in his last five starts. Uh, Doc, honestly, I'm not taking a guy 18-1 to uh, who is not only struggling with the ball striking, but is also struggling around the greens. Yes, he's a defending champion. But uh, it could be a short week for him if he doesn't get, uh, you know, it's one thing to take maybe, you know, any golfer that's struggling with their putting or maybe they're struggling with the driver, like a Cam Smith or something. If they drive it well that week, it's like they're going to win. But the fact that, you know, Colin Morikawa seems like a couple parts of his game are out of whack. I just don't think you can take him in the teens. I'm out on him as well, lad. Um, and on to uh matt fitzpatrick at 20 to 1 i'm totally out on fitzpatrick this week and we'll be uh fading him with a play in the matchup i i know he's playing well uh but i'm gonna pass on him at the open um you know because surprisingly enough fitzpatrick only has one top 25 finish um in an open championship over six starts in the event and so uh 20 to 1 i'm out i understand he's a major champion so you know the number makes sense but uh it's going to be a no-go for me this week for fitzy U.S. Open hangover in the age. Uh, Xander Shoffley, 22 to 1. Uh, when these odds first came out, Xander was 22 to 1. Now he is 12 to 1. Uh, from, a t- from a winning ticket perspective, you'd be getting on the train way too late. He's coming off back-to-back-to-back wins, if you include the J.P. McManus, where he uh. won by a single stroke. Uh, I know that's not a real tournament. I was kind of making fun of it. But yes, he has, uh, you know, his last two real starts, PJ Tour. Uh, on the what's PJ more, Tour. what's more real, the JP McManus or the Zurich? Uh, I'm going JP McManus. Me too. Me too. Me too. Uh, anyways, though, yeah, won the Travelers, won the Scottish in his last two starts. Uh, you know, we poked fun at him earlier in the year, not being able to close out events. God, they keep calling him a three-time PGA Tour winner this year. Oh, it's ridiculous. Baggett Zurich. Um, I would rather them include the JP. I just felt like there was more elite talent there. Yeah. Tiger was there. I didn't see Tiger at the Zurich. Yeah, exactly. He will be with Charlie soon, but that's another thing. Yeah. Um, They need to let – that would improve improve it a lot. If they included, like, the father-sons, you let the dailies play, Woods – it's too bad Phil doesn't have a son. Oh, Phil does have a son. He's got to catch up. Um, is he, I think he's like the son is, from yeah, he, like uh really scary birth. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure if, if Todd played golf. I mean, there's sources that Evan Mickelson, you know, has begun some lessons. I don't I don't know what course he can show up now, but uh uh where were we, Led? Are we on are we on Xander? Cam- Xander 12 to 1. No thanks. You're getting on it way too late. It's absurd. Absurd. Okay. okay. Sorry. So back at Xander this week, uh, we're on to Cam Smith at 22 to one and Cam Smith interests me this week. He's coming off a 10th place finish at the Scottish open. And that was his third top 15 in five events. And 
I've barely heard his name mentioned at all this week because, you know, all these talking heads, they don't have a clue about anything. You know, they look at that miscut at the U S open and freak out. Um, I think you have to pay more attention to all the tough venues. He's played so well out this year. He wanted sawgrass played extremely well at Southern Hills and Jack's place. And uh, you know, I feel that you have to include Cam Smith in the group of guys who could definitely win this event because of how good his iron play is and how good he plays in horrible uh, conditions. Uh, so led, I, I think I'm going to take uh, Cam Smith at 22 to one and Cam Smith top 20 at plus 150 on DraftKings. Um, I know that the the numbers off the tee have been horrible, uh, but he, he's 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 rallied uh, to put together some some good finishes, uh, even with the bad driver. Yeah, make sure you shop that one. I'm pretty sure it's 25 to one in some mm-hmm. spots. I think it even potentially might have moved there in DraftKings. But yeah, he's kind of coming in a little, little under the radar. I feel like he wouldn't be a worst, uh, you know, he wouldn't be the worst guy for a potential maybe first round leader kind of scenario. I know, you know, when he gets it going, that guy can have you know nine, ten, eleven birdies in a round. But uh, yeah, you know, don't mind a uh, Cam Smith ticket this week at all. Uh, moving to our next guy, uh, Shane Lowry, twenty-two to one. Lowry, obviously a British Open champion from a few years back. Uh, has had a really consistent season, six top 15s in nine starts. He's probably should have won Honda, but that weather came in on the last hole and it made the that, you know, reachable par five, a, a three-shot hole. And honestly, he was just really unlucky. The stats are great. He's picking up almost 6.5 shots tee to green in his last five starts coming into the British Open. His last two starts in the British Open are a 12th place finish and obviously the win um, at Royal Port Rush. Um uh, he has, though, not the best British Open track record. Uh, you know, the three previous starts in the British Open before, the ones I just mentioned, he had missed the cut, uh, including at the St. Andrews uh, British Open in 2015. Doc, Lowry's a guy I can't, I'm kind of stuck on. He's, you know, I've seen him so often in the 30s, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Taking him in the low 20s just feels wrong. Uh, you know, I think he could potentially play well this week, but I just think that's another guy probably getting on the train too late. I'm sure, you know, you looked at that feature in January. It might have been 50 to 1. Um, but, yeah, 22 to 1, obviously, would need a winning ticket there. A, a, a T12 does nothing for us, so I'm out at least on Lowry for a winning ticket. There's this scotch bar at the uh, the top floor of the St. Andrews Hotel. I could see Shane just getting after it up there all week long. 100%. So pass on Lowry this week. Um, and we're into our matchups for the Open Championship. I'm taking first one, first and only, is going to be Jordan Spieth over Matthew Fitzpatrick at plus 100 on DraftKings. And we talked a lot about Spieth and the favorites. He finished 10th. Um, at the Scottish last week after a horrible miscut at the players. And as for Fitzpatrick, you know, I think the opening round with Tiger and Homa, is just going to be too much for him to handle. He's going to have Daniel Rappaport from Digest FaceTiming him all night long, asking him to get on Spotify Live for 24-7 insights on his thoughts on playing with Tiger, the whole experience between St. Andrews and Tiger. It's just going to be too much for Fitzpatrick to handle. I think Spieth is the better player on Lynx golf courses and, um, you know, I, I would say that, you know, I would say he's, he's better on this side of the pond, uh, than most of the players that are from this neck of the woods. 
And Doc, that's actually my first matchup as well. So we'll just make it conversational. Jordan, yeah, Jordan Spieth over Fitzpatrick. And for me, it's mostly about the number. Uh, plus 100, I think, is a, is a great number in that matchup. You know, Jordan Spieth's track record in the, in the British Open, four top tens and seven starts. Besides a hiccup at the Travelers, Jordan's ball striking has been amazing. Tita Green, he's gained, he gained 11 at Valero, 13 at RBC, 11 at Byron Nelson, 8 at the PGA, and 8 at the Charles Schwab. Um, you know, I get this pricing if, if Jordan uh, Spieth, you know, MC hammered at the Scottish. But realistically, Jordan Spieth was a good back nine from, you know, contending with Xander. I know he made that double, obviously, there on the back nine. It kind of took him out of it, but... And then this led in, in 15. I mean, he was right there here as well uh, at this open at St. Andrews. For sure. For sure. So, um, yeah, he finished one shot out of that playoff at, at uh, you know, at St. Andrews. So, so for both our first matchup, uh, Jordan Speed over Matthew Fitzpatrick plus 100. And I'll move into my next one. Dustin Johnson over Tommy Fleetwood minus 104 on FanDuel. Both these guys have pretty good British Open records, so that's that's a wash. Um, according to pre-live stats, uh, DJ, I'm get with DJ. I'm getting the better driver of the golf ball. I'm getting the better iron player, and I'm getting the better putter. Um, and also, can live get a couple more stats? Like it's literally just the score they make on the hole. I'm not getting fairways. I'm not getting greens. I'm not getting proximities. Uh, for a tour that's supposed to be a little bit more futuristic, cutting edge, uh, you think they would really dive into the analytics of it. But instead, you know, I've got there's Hurricane Junior Tours with uh, with more stats <laughs> than the Live Tour. Um, shout out Hurricane. Uh, but anyways, with DJ, like I said, I'm getting the better uh, better ball striker and better putter. Yes, Fleetwood blacked out at the Scottish Open last week and finished tied fourth and has been playing well, but Fleetwood has lost strokes off the tee in three of his last four starts. DJ's game is actually pretty sharp. Uh, you know, he did finish tied third at Pumpkin Ridge. Not that Doc got too excited about that result. Um, but he's one of those guys that he gets on a roll with the driver. I think he can win, let alone, uh, let alone beat Fleetwood. So to me, these guys should never be priced in the same ballpark ever. You know, they belong in different tiers. Let's take advantage of it. So for my, uh, second matchup, it's Dustin Johnson over Tommy Fleetwood minus 104 on FanDuel. You're lucky. You're lucky they don't have stats because they'd all be absolutely horrendous right now. That's probably why they haven't released them yet. <laughs> I don't need to see what Brandon Grace did after his, but I don't need to see those stats. Uh, anyways, no, good look there. Um, are we good to move into our picks to place for the Open? We are. Okay. Uh, I'm going – Tyrrell Hatton, top 20, plus 170 on DraftKings. And uh, Tyrrell is a player that I usually never, ever, ever pick. Uh, typically, he hits one bad golf shot and just packs it in. Uh, but St. Andrews is a place that Hatton has played extremely well. Uh, you know, he won the Alfred Dunhill twice with the final round taking place at St. Andrews um, and finished runner-up there last year. Um, and the results um, are there to back it up. He finished as far as this year is concerned, he finished 13th at the PGA and 24th at the Scottish. And, uh, you know, the open championship, um, at St. Andrews is probably the one major event that you can count on, uh, Terrell Hodden to contend in. So my first pick to place is going to be Terrell Hodden top 20 
plus 170 on DraftKings. Yeah, I got to look at his bounce back stats. I wonder what he, uh, you know, Tiger obviously led that category for years, bounce back being how often you birdie after a bogey. Um, yeah, I, I could see Tyrrell getting on a little bit of a bogey run, but uh, he needs but- a, I, I could, um, not that, not that I'm like, um, whatever golf region or whatever accidentally leaked, uh, you know, Tyrrell speak- Legion. Yeah, Tyrrell Legion. If he can get a good finish here, and I, I just feel, I feel Tyrrell would make for a, a very good live player, just putting on uh, an absolute clown show out there. But for now, I need I need four consistent rounds from him this week. No, I will say he's been a guy who's uh, played really, really good uh, in tough conditions and yeah. on tough golf courses. Yeah. So uh, as we know, Tyrrell's one of those guys who starts shaping up and you know most of his wins coming in october november uh so he's he's definitely one of those uh late season guys he's kind of like a nick kirgos uh you know as far as golf is concerned because if he could just keep his head together i feel like he'd have five six more wins out there 100 percent. speaking of a guy who can't keep his head together uh my pick to place this week is phil ted hijo garcia oh. top 30 plus 280 on fanduel Yes, he went to live. Yes, most of Sergio's uh, best golf is behind him. But here's Sergio's track record in British Opens. In 10 British Opens, he's made the cut eight times. He has a second, 21st, second, sixth, fifth, 37th, and 19th place finish last year. So for a guy who supposedly washed, you know, a nice little top 20 last year. Um, anyways, among, of it, among many of his top finishes, he finished sixth place here uh in st andrews at st andrews in 2015 now before going to live uh sergio had seven top 40s uh in his last nine pga tour starts so we're not asking for much more this week with a top 30 in an environment he's shown he can thrive in uh some people think he's washed but this is still the seventh best driver of the golf ball in this event he's still been able to keep his consistency over the years as we know Doc, say what you will. I know he went to what live, he, you know, he's had some brutal quotes in the past, but he is probably one of the, you know, top 10, top five ball strikers over the last 20 years. Adam Scott's probably another one that comes to mind when Sergio gets the driver going. Uh, it's just, it's auto kind of top 30, uh, just because obviously that guy's clawing at some days, cross-handed some days he's had his putting woes, but, if he can get the uh, driver going this week, I feel like his floor is extremely high compared to most guys at the same number. I think Sergio turns back the clock this week at San Andrews. Uh, recapping that, that's Sergio Garcia top thirty plus two eighty on FanDuel. Yeah, he's uh, you know he's shown up in nearly every open he's played in, and he's destroyed the Americans uh, time and time again at Ryder Cups across the pond, which obviously kills me, but it's the truth. Um, incredible player on win, incredible ball striker. Dude, those punch iron shots that he hits, like, yeah. it's obviously fun watching Sergio hit the golf ball when he does it off like the firm conditions in British Open. Just it hits different, way different. Um, on to Tommy Fleetwood at top ten plus two eighty. Um, on Fanduel, you, whatever your take is with Sergio over Tommy, forget it. No um, DJ, DJ, DJ. Oh, it's DJ over Tommy. DJ over Tommy. Okay. Another live guy. Yeah, fucking bag it. Um, yeah, okay, so we're, we're at Tommy Fleetwood, top 10, plus 280 on FanDuel. I love – Tommy has incredible stats um, in the wind. It's, you know, plays better 
you know, in the wind than he does when it's calm. Okay. Kind of like a Terrell, um, you know, and, and we hit the top 20 ticket on Fleetwood last week, thanks to his backdoor fifth, fifth place finish um, at the Scottish and, uh, you know, Tita Green, he's performed very well. He's had some issues with the driver. Travelers didn't hit it well off the tee, and the Charles Schwab did not hit it well off the tee. Uh, but has has had some incredible finishes this year, fifth to PGA um, and, and seven at the Zozo way back when. Not like that really matters for this week. But the fourth-place finish at the Genesis, uh, the Scottish, last week uh, is really what I'm focused, focused on. Um, I think – not only do I like top 10 at plus 280, but, uh, you know, that winning ticket at 35 to one is going to look really good. No comment. No comment on Tyrrell, but moving into our picks to win. Um, no comment on Tommy. No comment on Tommy. Um, you know, I hope he has a top 10. I hope DJ has a top five uh, for that matchup. But anyways, my two picks to win this week, I'm going to take Justin Thomas 21 to one. The two-time major champ was 14 to one a week ago, and now we're getting him at a really nice number. Uh, this is a guy who leads proximity from 50 to 125 on the PJ Tour. Absolute wedge god. Uh, you know we expect a lot of wedges this week. It's super important to hit your numbers because of the way the the greens are out here. You're going to have false fronts. You're going to have false backs. You got pop bunkers. You got to carry it to the perfect number. And uh, you know Justin Thomas is just one of those guys who's great with his wedges. Uh, if the putter cooperates, I think he's right in there late on Sunday. And my other pick to win is Dustin Johnson, 35 to one that can be found on DraftKings. Doc, try to keep a straight face while I go over some of this live talk. Uh, DJ's numbers a bit juiced since going to live. Uh, he played great at the last Portland event. I'm surprised he couldn't uh, get it done over Carlos Ortiz and Brandon Grace. Uh, you know, sometimes you just, Come up against studs. Uh, <laughs> yes, some really good talent he has to face there. Yeah, Carlos Ortiz, Houston Open champion. Like, you know, I'm in Houston right now. I live here. No one knows who that is. And he's, he's won the inaugural hometown event. Anyways, so, though, Brandon Justin Grace. Johnson? Brandon Grace in 2015 gave Spieth a little run for his money at Chambers Bay before he he threw up all over himself on that 17th. Well, you remember he, how far he hit that hybrid right at Chambers? Yeah. I didn't even know that was in play. Wasn't ideal. Anyways, of the you know seven people watching the live tour, I was watching the Portland event, and the driver was dialed. Uh, that that course they were playing in uh, Portland, it's pretty tight, tree lined, and Dustin was just aiming down the left and just hitting rip fades. Total um, total eye test. No stats backed up by it. Total eye test well, on this entire tour. Well, I, would, I would love to look up the fact that he hit 70% of the fairways, but instead there were uh, they got, you know, some girl asking him what his swing weight is on his pitching wedge. Oh, yeah. uh, anyways, remember earlier in the year, though, when the driver was a disaster at Augusta? Like, he was hitting three-wood off some of the par fives just to put the thing in play. So, you know, DJ – the one stat that kind of stands out shockingly is he's 37th off the tee uh, in the field this week at the British. I think that number, uh, do we actually think there are 36 guys that drive it better than DJ? Probably not. No, so, I, you know, no. you put all this stats together and I think, you know, he's a guy just like Sergio, when he gets on a roll with the driver, he has a, uh, a really high floor. 
Um, he's actually been putting better as of late. Um, I think, you know, that low cut he can kind of hit out there, I think definitely suits his game in terms of links golf. He's finished 12th or better four times in eight starts at the British. So a couple of these live guys, Doc, I know you don't like them, but I think we can kind of zag a little bit in terms of, you know, maybe DJ plays the Scottish or maybe DJ plays, you know, travelers or something. And and that has a T seven or a T four somewhere. And that number uh, for DJ is probably in the low twenties. So the fact that we're getting a player of his caliber at 35 to one, I think we have to hammer it. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's, um, out of all these, you know, the live guys, we we're, we're, we're kind of breezing over uh, Louis Oosthuizen, uh, who um, unfortunately in the last five events has, has hit his irons horrible. I don't know what the, his live tour stats look like. I, I haven't seen him. Well, the, they don't in, exist. So yeah. I, I, I haven't seen him up around the leaderboard. I don't, um, I haven't watched much of it anyway. But, uh, yeah, Phil, Louis, DJ, Sergio, Bryson, um it is taylor gooch playing or did his you know all their all their world ranking points have, have dropped like a ton like 20. gooch gooch is in the field based off yeah. the uh, rsm dub. okay okay because yes. i know wolf is not in the field I, I don't think he qualified no i don't no. think he qualified it's a sad day it's a bad day um on excited to for bedminster though oh geez i, I can't <laughs> wait to see what the media does there trump M- mbs norman they'll all be there um I missed one. I um, one of my picks to place. I am taking Jordan Speed top ten at plus two ten on bet three six five, and then my two winners uh, for the Open. Two guys I've already discussed: Jordan Spieth eighteen to one on bet MGM, um, and Tommy Fleetwood at thirty five to one um, on DraftKings. On to our dark horses uh, led. I'm going. You know, I'm, I teased uh, Rory. Um, you know, I told you I would not have him for the event, but I will have him as the first round leader. I'm taking Roy McIlroy first round leader at 12 to one on FanDuel. So crazy enough, this is my debut first round leader ticket this season. Um, but it makes total sense. Rory is number one on the PGA tour in first round scoring average. Um, he's off at 9:58 AM on Thursday morning too. So if the wind doesn't pick up too much by the afternoon, um, Rory, you know, will only get it you know, hopefully for two, three holes, I'm not even sure, you know, how bad it's going to get, um, on, on Thursday. I am seeing some rain Friday, um, uh, out there in Fife. Yeah. It's pure name. Uh, oh. yeah, I saw the, the wind could get up to 25, 30 miles an hour on Friday. So even if it rains, it probably get dried out pretty quickly, but yeah, I like that play for sure. Yeah. So that's Rory, uh, Rory McIlroy first round leader, um, at 12 to one, um, on FanDuel. And moving into our dark horse doc, this is my favorite bet of the pod. Yeah. That, that's uh, my, that's my dark horse, by the way. It is your dark horse. Okay. Yes. yes Perfect. Yes. Yes. Rory first round leader at 12 to one on FanDuel is my dark horse. Sorry if I didn't that's mention that. That's a secretary at dark horse. Love it. Uh, this is my favorite bet of the pod. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. Uh, Honestly, when I saw these stats, I like refreshed the page like three times because like this can't be right. Russell Henley, top 20 plus 450. Russell Henley is the 14th best driver of the golf ball and the third best iron player in the field coming into this, coming into the British this week. Uh, 
He's also eighth best on tour from 50 to 125. Uh, if the course browns out over the weekend, I think that plays into Russell Henley's hands, given the fact that he's not a bomber. Still, though, it's not like he hits a 280. He averages 295 off the tee. That's more than, you know, more than manageable, especially this week with those firm fairways. He's going to give himself a ton of birdie opportunities this week. It's just a matter of him converting them. Uh, Russell Henley has struggled with the putter as of late, losing over a stroke on the greens in his last five starts. But according to Fantasy National, Russell Henley gains almost a half of a shot when the greens are Velcro. And Velcro is the perfect description of what the pros will be dealing with this week. Now, in terms of his track record, Russell has missed his last two cuts at the British Open. But the last time the British Open was at St. Andrews, he finished top 20. So let's do it again. Russell Henley, top 20, plus 450 for my dark horse. Absolutely love this play. Okay, uh, let hear me out for this degenerate bet. Um, So I'm in. Yeah, yeah. We're going to take Tiger top 20 plus 225 on DraftKings. And yes, you know, he, he he's won at St. Andrews twice, but um, you know, led he's played, he's played well during Arnold Palmer's last open at St. Andrews. He played uh, well, 95 was Palmer's last open at St. Andrews. And that was Tiger's first open when John Daly won. Okay, and then and then you fast forward. He wins in two thousand by eight strokes. Then you fast forward two thousand five, and he wins during Jack Nicholas's final Open at St Andrews. Okay, hear me out. This year we're probably likely seeing Phil Mickelson's last Open at St Andrews. I mean, he's going to be completely exiled um, out of this whole thing uh, after this year. I think Tiger has to play well. Uh, for that reason, um, even more so than the fact that he's just absolutely dominated here. Um, you know, 67, 66, 67, 69 in 2000, 66, 67, 71, 70 in 2005. Just absolute domination. And, Doc, it's kind of like this course. Obviously, experience is huge. You have pop bunkers at 223 and 264. And, you know, the wind's going to be switching all over the place. And the fact that he has so many reps on on this golf course i think is a huge advantage this kind of reminds me of you know let's say let's say it's chess right it doesn't matter if you're 25 or 75 in a wheelchair playing chess right there's i think no i I hear you at st andrews i mean if you look at tiger's picture you know a bear a bear no sleeve of his leg i mean it's in half well so i good yeah yeah. But the one thing I will say I'm a little concerned about is the guys played six, 70, six, 70 holes in the last three days. Yeah. Like, let's slow it down, Tiger. Yeah, he says he's going all out on this one. He's, he has, he's been playing every day since like last Friday. Oh, man. Anyway, so. Which just, he, he is definitely not retiring after this. Just want to put that out there but like all the golf he's been playing this week until today we didn't know i was like it's gonna be tiger's farewell or but no if we look at the main i mean the two tournaments he's played so far this year you know the majors obviously um just obviously skip the u.s open in prep for this okay so obviously he's really you know putting all his eggs in this basket yeah but in terms of the fact that you look at the masters through two rounds 
things were pretty manageable, right? I want to yes. say he's top 20, top 30, and then the body kind of started to sh- shut down on him a little bit. PGA, still same kind of thing. You know, the guy made the cut on a difficult golf course, and that's a course where he was probably giving up, you know, a couple strokes off the tee. Uh, whereas St. Andrews, you know, whether you're hitting a two iron or a three wood, he's not going to be losing strokes off the tee. So it's really, really going to come down to iron play, which is, uh, you know, he's probably the best iron player to ever live. So, um, yeah, hammer it. The gen bet. Tiger Woods, top 20, plus 225 on DraftKings. Uh, that's lead and doc approved. So uh, into our lineups uh, for the Open Championship, I'm going to go Jordan Spieth, Terrell Hatton, Tommy Fleetwood, Ryan Fox, Ju Young Kim, who said hello world last week at the Scottish little top 10 there. Uh, and then Robert McIntyre, my guy who not playing well as of late, but I, I got to get him, got him in the, got to get him in the card somehow, Lud. Doc, your thoughts on Ryan Fox over Phil Mickelson minus 240. I saw that matchup. It, it's Fox minus 240. Yeah. Over Mickelson. Yeah. You got to take Phil there. That's you, what I'm saying. You got to take Phil there, Lud. <laughs> I mean, I that's, like that's a that's a joke. I I have I've never seen Ryan Fox Fox's name before like two weeks ago. <laughs> so, I thought it was a kid that won the USAM. He did he win a USAM? Well, no one cares about college golf either. Kind of like the no. Lead, I thought he, you know? there was another Fox that he's. I don't even think he's the best Fox. I uh, I actually I was Fox USAM champion Cherry Hills. Wow. Well, this is not so. Anyways, though. Um, <laughs> Surprised he didn't get a live deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the one tournament that Ryan Fox won this year was in February at the at the Raz Al Kamaya Classic. Um yeah, in uh in Dubai. So over five shots over Ross Fisher. I didn't know Ross Fisher was still playing. Anyway, uh yeah, Ryan Fox has had himself a little decent year on the DP World Tour. So we're gonna give him a go here at St. Andrews. So my lineup is Spieth. Hatton, Fleetwood, Ryan Fox, Chu Young Kim, uh, and Robert McIntyre. Yeah, he's top 50 player in the world now. It's just these guys creep up on you. I guess that helps when all the live players are sliding up, sliding out. You know what I mean? Someone's got to fill in. That's but right. for my DraftKings lineup, I'm going Justin Thomas. I'm going Dustin Johnson, Tyrrell Hatton, Russell Henley, Sergio Garcia, and a sprinkle of burned Wiesberger for my caboose. Okay, uh, scoring predictions led um, 15 under went to a playoff in 2015. Um, you know, Louie got to 16 in 2010, Tiger got to 14 in 2005, and 2000, um, you know, he took it 19 under par. Um, and Daly was six under in a playoff. I'm gonna go 15 under here. Um, I think wins outright. I think the rain on Friday really really sets things back um, and then the players get after it um, on Saturday and Sunday. So 15 under is my prediction. I'm going 14 under uh, taking me under there. I'm glad because I think I'm airing a little low. I think, I think we could see a record here. If, if conditions stay tamed, it'll just, it'll be interesting to see how the course plays. I mean, that video that you mentioned of tiger, you know, banging his mm-hmm. wedge on the ground, you heard it, it literally sounded like tile really makes me think that potentially the course is going to play just stupid short, right? In terms of if a ball is landing on that, I mean, they're going to be driving 18 with, like I said, maybe an iron or a three wood. But uh, 
who knows, maybe the greens get firm, right? And you're 85 yards out and that's a really difficult shot when you've got a false front and a, you know, pop bunker back behind it. So obviously, you know, given the way the weather works on Lynx golf course is always a bit of a crapshoot. We saw it last week at the Scottish, you know, what ended up winning there eight or eight or nine under par. And, you know, our scoring predictions, if there was no weather, you know, it could have been 20 under. So always a bit of a crapshoot. I'm taking 14 under par. I hope to God that it doesn't turn into one of that Phil Mickelson, uh, Henrik Stenson yeah. British Open shootout where it's like they got to twenty, huh? They got to twenty, I think. I think yeah, twenty yeah. under. But I mean, the guy was like Stenson's making birdie on a hole and losing holes. It was pretty much match play that final day. But uh, I don't, I don't need to see too many sixty threes. It's a no. major. We yeah. don't have another major for you know seven eight months here. So RNA, please make it tough. Okay, and into um, our best bets uh, for the week. I discussed mine. It's going to be Tyrrell Haddon, top 20 at plus 170 on DraftKings. And, uh, you know, th- there's just the way that I came to this decision as far as my be- best bet is concerned is there's no one who's played better, um, you know, around St. Andrews that isn't named Tiger Woods or Zach Johnson. Um, you know, this is a guy who's – who's performed here in that final day of, of the Alfred Dunhill. He's won it twice, finished runner up again last year. Um, and, you know, he, he's, he's the guy who's played best around here that doesn't have a win, um, you know, in a major. So my best bet uh, for this year's open is going to be Tyrrell Hatton top 20 plus 170 on DraftKings Sportsbook. Before we continue on the golf, here's a quick word from pregame. The pregame.com form is a great place to share your picks, opinions, and questions with other sports bettors. Have a question about this week's tournament? Simply log into pregame.com account, click on form, and type in your question, and boom, you've just started your conversation. The pregame.com form is in real time and is open 24-7. Want to share stats, odds, or who do you think is the greatest of all time? The pregame.com form is the place to do it. The forums are filled with passionate sports fans just like yourself. So if you haven't signed up for pregame.com yet and haven't experienced our forums, simply put, you are missing out. Be a part of our community and be a part of pregame. Now back to the golf. And for my best bet, I'm going to be taking Justin Thomas top 10 plus 270 on FanDuel. Justin Thomas has two top 10s in his last three major starts. The way he's hitting his irons, I think he's going to give himself a ton ton of birdie opportunities this week. He's one of the best shot makers on tour, and that's exactly what is required this week. If we get the conditions we are expected, low draw stingers, I can already see it now. He's the best wedge player in the field. Not only that, he's very underrated around the greens. Uh, you know, not, not many people can nip it like JT. Honestly, he's one of the few guys that has really never short-sighted the, the amount of spin he can create uh, for, on even short shots. Uh, he's picking up over six strokes tee to green and two and a half strokes on the greens in his last five starts. Yes, he missed the cut at the Scottish, but if anything, I think that juices the number a little bit. You know, he could be, you know, plus 210, plus 220 for a top 10 if he played great at Scottish. So I think we're getting some value here. You know, although JT doesn't have the biggest links pedigree, I think he will be right there on the weekend at St. Andrews, you know, just given how good he is uh, with his wedges. So, for my best bet, it's Justin Thomas, top 10, plus 270 on FanDuel. And that will do it here on the Golf Preview Podcast and RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Uh, my name is Will Doctor, uh, alongside James Ledbetter. As always, great work today, Led. Uh, and we'll see you next week for the 3M Open.
and a little Bedmeister talk. We're going to get into that. It's, you know, we got, we got, a, we got a PGA versus live situation. We'll keep you updated on that. Um, and best of luck this week with everyone in their picks. Special week ahead of St. Andrews. Yeah. Set your, set your alarm clocks, right? Isn't the golf firing up at like one in the morning? Yes. Yes. We will not be sleeping uh, uh, this week. It's going to be, uh, I always love that, uh, that Sunday morning finish. You know, we wake up and, well, if you go to sleep, you wake up and they're on the back nine. So, uh, kind of a dream situation, but uh, great work today, Led. See you, Doc. Let's let's go make some money.